To those of you listening to us on the internet and to the men and women in our armed forces, wherever you may be, and to our members and guests here at beautiful Savior Lutheran in Milwaukee, grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God upon which we base our message on this fifth Sunday of Easter is the gospel for today. You heard it read before from John chapter 15. I recall just these words. I am the vine, you are the branches. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior who lived for us, died, lives again, and will return to take us to our heavenly home one day, my beloved. Biblical Christianity is different from all the other man-made religions of the world. How's that, Pastor? Man-made religions mandate somehow that people sacrifice something to their God in return for his goodwill. Biblical Christianity reveals a God who sacrifices himself for us to make peace between us and himself. Man-made religions mandate that people must do something for their God to gain his goodwill. Biblical Christianity reveals a God who does everything. We do nothing. He gives everything. We are just the recipients. We worship him every day, of course, with our lips and with our lives as one great big thank you for everything that we have received. The words before us this morning are Jesus' words to his closest disciples on Monday, Thursday, either in the upper room or as he was walking with them to the Garden of Gethsemane, ultimately to be betrayed. He spoke these words to his closest disciples, his closest friends. Judas was already gone. He speaks a beautiful metaphor. He says, I am the vine. And you, my disciples, are the branches. Now, down through my years of the ministry, I've always found out that there is at least one or a couple members of the congregations that I've served who happen to have wild grapevines growing in their backyard, maybe one or two. But I don't know any of the members of our congregation at Beautiful Savior today who are owners of a vineyard. And so it's perhaps good for us to review exactly what this is all about, a grape vine and branches and fruit and all that stuff. Well, first of all, there is the vine. Now, vineyard owners will tell you that when they first plant the, the vine for the very first time, it's just kind of a scrawny little thing, and it will take at least three years to produce decent grapes. Now, if you have a mature vine, it can look like a small tree trunk. And out of that small tree trunk, 
there sprouts branches. And ultimately, the branches sprout healthy leaves and finally delicious fruit, which is either for the eating or making juice or ultimately wine. Jesus said, I am the vine, the source from where all life comes. You and I, members of the church, and notice Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He's talking to us all together. We're members of his church, connected to the vine. Connected to the vine, we produce fruit or evidences of spiritual health in our lives. Now, I think that this is an absolutely beautiful illustration of biblical Christianity where God does everything. Jesus is the vine, the trunk from which the branches come. We are the branches connected to Jesus. And if we stay connected by faith, then we produce fruit or evidences of that faith. Now, I suppose from the outset this morning, we should ask ourselves, how did you get to be branches in the first place? Not on your own. Staying with Jesus' metaphor, everyone enters the world as a shriveled branch, deserving to be put on the refuse or the waste pile, to be burned, good for nothing. But God grafts us into Jesus the vine by baptism. Or when we come to faith in Jesus, God's word, the message of Jesus Christ, brings us into a saving relationship with Jesus. That word keeps us in a relationship with Jesus. Cut off from the word, faith dies. Notice how God does everything. We do not make a decision. You never made a decision as to when you were going to start believing in Jesus. God's Holy Spirit caused that to happen. By grace, God's undeserved love, you have been saved, and that not of yourselves. It, faith, is a gift of God, not of works, so that nobody can boast. St. Paul says, no one can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Spirit, and we just confessed by saying, I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus Christ my Lord nor come to him, but the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel. You are a grafted branch today. You are connected to Jesus because the Holy Spirit called you. But God gets all the credit for your relationship with him. Faith is a gift from God. We can only receive it and say thank you to our gracious God with our lips and our lives. Jesus goes on in this beautiful metaphor this morning in verse 2. He says, He prunes every branch that does produce fruit to make it produce more fruit. To keep the branches healthy and productive, the farmer every once in a while has to go out into his vineyard and prune the suckers or some of those little shoots that come out of the branches that aren't doing anything. Any shoot that saps the branch of its life has to be cut off. God prunes us his branches too. Sometimes he removes from our lives things that are not good for us. 
And sometimes, either by difficulty or by pain or by sorrow, God lets us rethink the importance of our relationship to Him. Sometimes God works very good things by seemingly bad things. You might ask for yourself this morning, and if you got up like I did and read some of the headlines, you have to ask yourself, why all of the attacks by the world on Christians? It might be to clean us up or to strengthen our faith. Because a lot of times we don't know how precious our faith in our Savior is until it's tested. And there's attacks by the world all around us today, verbal and legal and lethal. The world is ridiculing Christians' values. The world uses the court system to try to redefine truth. And then, of course, there's persecution, killing Christians in all sorts of gory ways. And you might ask yourself, why, God, are you allowing all these things to happen? And the answer is, when you take a look at history, the church of Jesus Christ really doesn't do all that great during times of prosperity, but it certainly grows during times of adversity. Maybe God's plugging in some new church growth program. God works good from seemingly evil for you and for his church. I mean, did you ever think about it? God used the ultimate evil activity of the world to bring about the ultimate good for all of mankind. His own son, beaten and mocked and ridiculed and placed into the courts of injustice and tried and whipped and killed. Nothing worse than that could ever happen as far as my imagination. But by that, he brought about the redemption of the world. Verse 5, those who live in me while I live in them produce a lot of fruit. Not on our own. Nutrients come from the vine. When the branch is healthy, that's because it's connected to the vine. And when it's connected to the vine and it's healthy, it's the nature of a vine to produce fruit. It's evidence of a healthy branch. You are a healthy branch, and so you produce fruit in your lives, evidence of your faith. Now, there's, there's three different kinds of fruits or evidences of our faith that Jesus lists in John chapter 15. Products of faith. One is prayer, one is joy, and one is love. You ever think about that? Christians are the only people in the whole world who have the privilege of prayer because prayer is talking to God. But the only God that exists is the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You talk to any other God, He doesn't exist. You might as well talk to this window or to the wall. That's why it's only Christians who have the privilege of prayer. You notice what Jesus says? He says, ask for whatever you want and I'll give it to you. You branch... In other words, every time you say a prayer, you can do it with such great confidence because you can say to yourself, it's a done deal. God already answered it. Not just necessarily, though, the way that you want it answered. Think back to uh, one of our faithful members years ago. 
different congregation who visited his mother faithfully, Christian mother in a nursing home. She'd been there rehabilitating for a long time. She was getting frustrated and aggravated, and she just wanted to go home, so she told her son, you know, tomorrow I'm going to get up and I'm going to get dressed, and I'm going home. And the next day she died. And God answered her prayer, but not necessarily the way that she was expecting it. God always answers prayer. And then Jesus says later on in John 15, and your joy will be complete. Only Christians have true joy. They're the only ones who know what true joy is. And we're not talking about happiness. And I bring you back to Kay Warren's definition of joy, which is one of my favorite. Joy is the settled assurance that God is control of my life no matter what happens. It's the quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right and the determined choice to praise God in all things. And then Christians produce love. And I would turn your attention, if it's not too much trouble, to take out that insert from your bulletin that talks about 37 ways to love one another. Now, i got to tell you, when Jesus is talking about that one of the fruits of faith is love, we're not talking about romantic love. And we're not talking about patriotic love, love for country, and we're not talking about brotherly love. What Jesus is talking about is love from one fellow Christian to another, imitating the love, that sacrificial love that Jesus showed for us. Christ-like love. There's 37 of them listed. I'd like to call your attention to a couple that just popped popped out in in my mind. Number four, accept one another by withholding judgment. Eleven, be gentle with one another. Twelve, be kind to one another so as to preserve unity. Sixteen, bear with the inherent sinfulness of one another. Seventeen, forgive one another. 19, comfort one another with the hope of Christ's return. 21, live in peace with one another. 26, confess sins to one another. 28, be long-suffering and patient toward one another. 31, act in humility toward one another. 34, refuse to become resentful toward one another. Maybe it would be a good thing this coming week to pick one or two and then to think one or two of one or two of your fellow Christians and exercise that specifically toward them this week. And Jesus tells us that love is not optional. St. John reminds us in Scripture, you must love one another. And so we come back to where we started Biblical Christianity is different from all of the other world's man-made religions. We worship a God who does not mandate from us that we sacrifice to Him, but rather He sacrifices Himself for us. We hold to a religion that does not mandate that we have to do something so that God shows us His goodwill. He does everything for us, and we are only the recipients He grafts us into himself. He will prune us, and it's not always comfortable to keep us healthy. 
He actively produces fruit because without him we can do nothing. And he gets the credit for our faith. He gets the credit for the preservation of our faith. And he, gives us, and he gets the credit for our ability to produce fruit. We are only the recipients. And yet he loves us. And to us, branches, his closest disciples, he says, I am the true vine. You are the branches. Those who live in me while I live in them will produce a lot of fruit. If you live in me and what I say lives in you, then ask for anything you want and it will be yours. You give glory to my Father when you produce a lot of fruit and therefore show that you are my disciples. God granted for Jesus' sake. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We take this time now to gather our tithes and our offerings and our connection cards.